The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Wolf and Bull Podcast. I am your friendly neighborhood host, the Wolf. And across from me, I have my lovely, enjoyable, awesome host, who's also my co-host, and I'm fucking this up, but we're going through it. Beowulf, you like the mix? The Irish music mix with the spooky music? Is that scary enough for you? We have a very special episode for you today that does not involve us wearing these masks the entire time. I'm suffocating slowly. I'm under. I'm wondering how. How do how do people wear these? How do they murder with in them? These? No, I, I could not run with this. No, thing on. not at all. They're totally inaccurate. Although I did once. I used to be in Orange Theory, Psychotic. and they made us wear masks while we were on the treadmill. Psychotic. Point, but okay, those well, days are behind us. We have a very special guest with us today. She's a family friend. She works in the show with us. Her introduction cannot be more exciting. Join me, the Wolf. And Beowulf! That's me. In introducing the sloth. Wow. Hello. You know what? You know, we, need Hello. To, we need to do the sound again because it's not coming through all the way, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll do it in post. Oh, perfect. With that being said, I'm taking off this terrible mask. This is terrible. So riff while I take it off. Quick. Riff. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to take it off as soon as yeah, you've taken I'm, it off. Because I'm going to take mine off. I'm honestly wondering, like, is it Halloween when the, the Mike Myers mask? Pretty sure that's Halloween, right? Uh, How? Yeah. In the world. Wow. Does that, that was... man wear a mask like that while running around murdering people? He doesn't because it's made up. Totally made up. Yeah, it's made up. There's this hilarious video going around right now, like TikTok reels, whatever it is. And it's of a, a young kid at one of these pumpkin patches. Mm. And he, she, they, whoever it is, is wearing a Mike Myers mask and is running on the hay bales, falls over, and like looks like they actually might have hurt oh, themselves. Yeah, yeah, but this. then does the... The slow raise up, just like yeah. Mike Myers did. Yeah. I thought uh, that was pretty hilarious. Yeah, so if all of you, if, if, if anyone listening or watching missed that because my face was covered by a uh, purge mask, um, we have a special guest, uh, the Sloth, and her sound is actually quite interesting. Yes, that is an actual sloth. That's nice. an actual sloth, yeah. I had to go deep into the research uh, area of Google to find that and pull it. I did um, not know sloths made noises. Yes. 
Right. Well, I, I don't make... have headphones, so I can't actually hear it's, it. It's like, oh, you're right. Yeah. So you don't I don't let know me, what the let noise me is. give you a reenactment. Yeah, and then there's a porpoise in the background that I've distorted to sound. Wait, no, it's an actual sloth. What am I saying? <laughs> it's oh. a real sloth. Yes, uh, it's a sloth noise. But yeah, just a quick reminder for our listeners and for our viewers, if you like what you see, if you like what you hear, if you could have gotten any enjoyment at all out of that very strange introduction, um, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram, a subscription on YouTube. We come out with episodes every week. And if you're asking yourself, why? Why should I do that? We have wonderful content that we talk about that mm. is in-depth. It's gritty. It's disturbing, like this episode today. Very, very disturbing. Very disturbing. Um, so disturbing. Yeah, five-star <laughs> review on any major listening pl- uh, podcasting platform will be absolutely appreciated. Um, but yeah, so how's everybody doing? I'm good. You know, it is quite weird recording without headphones on, but you know, I like it. I feel a little free. It's like you're part like of the club. Like my thoughts are going to be really exploding today because I don't have any constricting thing on my head. You don't have to hear our voices loud and clear. No, I just have to... You read know, our lips it's like i'm almost alone in this room in this <laughs> recording studio on my on my own just my thoughts very interesting very interesting <laughs> yeah. but analysis. i'm doing good otherwise yeah. yeah how is our resident guest the new newest guest to the show how is she doing i am doing just great you yeah. know it's it's the start of the week mm. uh it actually rained really hard this weekend so okay. i feel nice refreshed very nice and cleansed did you just yeah. stand outside in the rain yes the entire weekend mm. just just you know sounds like something a sloth <laughs> would do yeah exactly <laughs> yeah well this is the time where i open the ceremonial beer because that's what i do now i well, drink alcohol while we do the show how are you doing wolf <laughs> i don't think he wants to answer that i really drinking don't. a beer at 4 p.m on a monday so yeah. how are you doing drinking a beer at 4 p.m on a monday <laughs> all right um but yeah uh you know, Sloth, before we jump into the show, we should give our listeners some insight into who you are. Mm. Oh. One word. Oh, great. I'm just kidding. No, you don't need to do that. Um, uh, anything about yourself you want them to know does not have to be long. You can keep it quick. You can make it a full... Episode? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Um, I am the media liaison for The Wolf and Bull, mm. and also um, a couple other companies. Uh, I am actually Beowulf's sister. Which makes, <laughs> sorry, I had to break the news what? to you. Um, that also makes me the wolf's sister-in-law. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Well done. Very We're nice. all about nepotism in oh, this studio. I'm in college, if that has anything to do with anything. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Well, uh, I have to play that music again, but I'm not going to put the mask on because it was just way too much. I won't be able to read anything. So, uh, we're going to jump into the monologue mm-hmm. and we're going to introduce, we're going to intro our viewers and our listeners into what the topic is today. So prep yourself because it's going to be a crazy one. Spooky. Very, very spooky. I'm so tempted to play the music that's not spooky right now. Because it would be hilarious. <laughs> I have that right now. I do. I, I bet I have you that. do. All right. Well, <sighs> the world is a hauntingly magical place full of wonders, spectacular stories, and the mysteriously unknown. For as much as we claim, we don't know nearly as much as we think that we do. In a very recent past, instead of video games, movies, toys, and social media, society would entertain itself in the indulgence of fictional and sometimes very real stories. 
Through the musty pages of an old, tattered book, many an individual found themselves enraptured with the melodic notes of plot, setting, characters, tone, and theme. In the distant past, our ancestors told stories, not only to entertain, but also to build culture around. Stories, for the most part, have played a pivotal role in the human experience. This is way too loud. <laughs> Today, things are not that much different. Stories exist, people enjoy them, and the world is still a hauntingly magical place, albeit, due to technology, smaller. Despite technological changes, one thing that remains true is everyone's appreciation for a good story. One of the largest companies in the world before they became evil built a legacy and a lot of their theme parks around many of these beloved stories. And a lot of them, incredibly, are in very disturbing from the Brothers Grimm. Now, despite their disturbing nature, they are still wildly popular today. Now, it's spooky season, spoopy season, as we call it here on the Wolf and Bowl, a time to celebrate the summer's end, free candy from strangers that you can legally take, and the original Celtic holiday, the Festival of Sue Huin, a holiday that, oddly enough, was preserved by the church when the Festival of Suween was Christianized in the 9th century, paving the way for the supposedly pagan holiday celebrated today, known as Halloween. I know. Controversial. <laughs> we brought in the sloth specifically to chat about the stories of the Brothers Grimm and the oddness that those stories and other fairy tales have provided on today's culture. Mm. My, you like how I ended right on time? You like that? That was Couldn't amazing. hear the music. It was perfect. It, but it I bet ended. listening to this now, as all of our listeners are, is they're they're just stunned by the I timing know. on that. I just I didn't plan it at Sue all. Sue Queen. That sounds like my holiday. Seeing I am a we're both Celtic Celtic princess. Yeah, don't don't steal my right, don't steal I, my heritage. I think I'm Celtic too. Yeah. What are you doing? I this think? is all. It's not just about Beowulf. Listen, okay? uh, my introduction is the Irish tune. You might be wearing green. But that doesn't I make you any more Celtic. You might have usual. red hair. I, I'm I, very, very Molly Malone today. You know? Who's Molly Malone? Please ha tell us. Molly Malone. Oh my gosh. Let me school. Ah! Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't know. That's like okay. a Molly Malone. Well, listen, I don't know much about Molly Malone, <laughs> except she's a statue in Dublin with large breasts. Oh, just so you know, he's playing the uh, Irish music. Well, it's the statue in Dublin, and every time we're there, we mm. walk past her. Beautiful statue. Every time you're there, you've been there twice. We've been there four times. Oh. And more okay. culture. Get on our are. level. <laughs> Excuse me. We're well-traveled. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, exactly. let's let's get to the, the Grimm's. Okay? Should we? Yeah, I we think can. we can. We've got time. It's only been 11 minutes. Exactly. 12 Spooky season. So, yeah. I don't know the details of what we're going to talk about today, oh, I but I have heard everything. that the Grimm's stories get a little, well, a little wild. As someone who dove into part of the research today, because we're only covering a handful of stories today, specifically four, I believe. With that being said, not every single Grimm's fairy tale was disturbing, but a lot of these fairy tales come from very disturbing areas. Now, mm -hmm. interestingly, the Brothers Grimm did not write all of these stories. They didn't all. Um, they collected and basically coalesced a lot of different universal fairy tales that have been around for quite a long time, specifically uh -huh. because of the time period that they were in, which we will jump into right now. Okay. All right. True bro there's two brothers. 
Two of them. <laughs> not three, not four. There's two. Two brothers. Both of them referred to lovingly today as the Brothers Grimm. First brother's name was Jacob Ludwig Carl Grimm. Interest, interesting name. And Germany, right? Very, very uh, yes, German. Yes, very German. Uh, and Wilhelm Carl Grimm was the Wilhelm. second second one. Very German name. Both of those. Yes. <laughs> they were both born in the 1780s. So long time ago. Great time. Yeah. A lot of uh, amazing. A lot of dying then. Um, now they were German brothers. We just said, uh, and they excelled in academics, philosophy, cultural research, lexicography, and they are best known as authors. Now, almost every single person has probably heard of some of these stories that we have all read personally. <laughs> yeah, I had an aneurysm there. I was thinking about the stories that we were going to talk about, and I just had a moment. Mm. Um, now, together, the Grimm's brothers published folklore and popularized the stories that you know they collected from all over the world. Their first collection of folk tales, children's and household tales, began publication in 1812. Can I just say something? Of course. I think that is a very bad name because none of these stories are meant for children's ears. Well, you have to remember what type of kids were alive back then, right? These, they were hardened criminals when they, they, yeah. they were like eight. Yeah, okay, they, they worked in factories. These stories. Sweatshops were like a rite of passage. We, See, I read the Grim Fairy Tales. I, I made it my entire personality from elementary school to middle school, and that explains who I am today. That It just it shows that... It's not for children. Should we have set you to a sweatshop? Should you go be making some Nike shoes right now? I, I might. <laughs> not on topic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, and it, I, I agree. These stories are definitely not for kids, um, but they can be enjoyed by children if their parents choose to be irresponsible yes. uh, by watching Disney. Um, now, they spent their formative years, the Brothers Grimm's, uh, in a town called Hanau, which was in the Landgraviat of Hass Castle, which was the state of the Holy Roman Empire with their, in Germany, which lasted from 1567 to 1803, strangely mm-hmm. enough, because that was a long time ago, and you would think that it wouldn't have lasted I think lasted a lot of long. people forget that the Holy Roman Empire lasted was... a long time. Way up there. It really was. Um, Now, their father's death in 1796, when Jacob was 11 and Wilhelm was 10, caused great poverty for the family and affected the brothers many years after. Both brothers attended the University of Marburg, where they developed a curiosity curiosity about German folklore, which grew into a lifelong dedication of collecting German folktales. Now... Most of what we're talking about today are German folklore, but there are some that are not. Um, Now, not every fairy tale is German folklore, and not every Disney movie, um, specifically the cartoons, is based off of German folklore. There are a lot of them that are actually popularized outside of Brothers Grimm, prior to Brothers Grimm, and that have been around for a long, long time. I mean, like, hundreds of years. Very interesting. Like, specifically when it comes to, like, you know, Beauty and the Beast and Sleeping Beauty and Snow White. These are very old tales across very many different cultures, which further proves my suspicion that aliens are responsible for almost everything. I just think it's interesting how a lot of these stories do transcend different cultures in the sense of like... Almost in the same exact way. Yeah. yeah. Um, now this is in the new... Age. What was the movie we watched recently that was like a Japanese anime, but it was like Beauty and the Beast version? Bell, obviously. Bell. Bell. Yeah. So obviously that's 2022 standards, but um, they had like a spin on it. Yeah. And I was watching it. I didn't even realize at first that it was based on Beauty and the Beast until like halfway through. I was like, wait a second. What the <laughs> heck? But um, it's very cool. Yeah, it is. Um, and so... Uh, 
the popularization of these stories really came into existence because obviously they've been around for a long time, but there was a resurgence in the 19th century during the Romantic period. Um, now, specifically 19th century Europe. Now, an interest in folklore revived traditional folk stories, which, according to the Brothers Grimm, actually represented a pure form of national literature and culture. So, yes, they were nationalists. Um, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, yeah, get over it, people. Uh, with the goal of researching a scholarly treatise on folk tales, they established a methodology for collecting and recording folk stories that became the basis for folklore studies. So, Brothers Grimm were very, very impactful when it came to actually not only cultivating these stories, but making them popularized again. Um, between 1812 and 1857, the Brothers Grimm collection of stories was revised many times, uh, growing from 86 stories to more than 200. Um, so this means bringing in new stories and, and adapting them and making them more, you know... Digestible. Yeah, <laughs> um, in a lot of ways, yeah. Now, during this time, the brothers also wrote a collection of well-respected Germanic and Scandinavian mythologies. Uh, in eight, and in 1838, they began writing a definitive German dictionary, which they did not finish in their lifetimes, unfortunately. So they did a whole lot of writing, a whole lot of collecting, uh, but the dictionary just couldn't finish it. And, and, and un- Lame. I can't speak German, but I've seen how long those words are. Makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So much of the work from the brothers' groom originally was incredibly violent and incredibly cruel but their collected folk tales have endured quite well with the popularization of stories and characters from the likes of disney lote reinischer and even the nazi party oh that's interesting little little buggers got their grubby little hands on everything (laughs) didn't they yeah Um, they really did so we'll be chatting about a few of these stories uh but with that being said what do both of you outside of your detailed knowledge because this this episode idea was from the sloth. Yes. Outside was. of the sloth's detail knowledge, what do you guys know about some of these stories? Well, I thought I knew, and then we just went all over that, and now I think maybe I know about some stories that aren't even attributed to the Grimm's, mm. but for, or they are attributed, but they aren't really associated as sort of just through word of mouth telephone over the past, you know, every fairy tale that Disney ever put their hands on is a Grimm's fairy tale. It's not. Right. Mm. So, um, but when, it, when you say Grimm's fairy tale, I immediately think of, you know, Cinderella, Snow White, all the princesses, really. Mm-hmm. And from what I know, oh, Disney made it so nice, but really she gets her feet cut off. And then this one, you know, she gets violated by the prince and then has twins and blah, blah, blah. And it's like a bunch of crimes. <laughs> and yeah. That's all yeah. I really know about the basics. Like, I know the the whole Little Mermaid one. I don't even know if that's attributed to Grimm's. It's See, not. exactly. And then the Little Mermaid one, you know, she turns into suds which at the, the end. Foam. Yeah, which, foam. Which, which, by the yeah. way, this, I think I mentioned this. This is a two-parter. So we're going to go over... We only have a few handful of these, so we're going to go over some of those in the next episode because um, we didn't touch on some of the really... We touched on some of the big ones, but not like some of the really big ones. We left those out like Little Mermaid. I wanted to do that, but it's not specifically attributed to Well, Grimm. right, but those are just some of the more popular ones yeah. I've heard in, in passing. But then also, again, they've been made more digestible, you say, by Grimm's taking a folklore tale and making it unified so that people can actually read it rather than just remember it. But then also Disney later on 200, 300 years later, whenever this was 17, yeah, about 200 years later, yeah. um, they made it romanticized yeah. and um, kid friendly. And as some may argue in a lot of ways, it could have stunted generationally a lot of people into believing something that isn't realistic. And that's a whole other podcast that might be a, fun one to tackle but, but as a disney princess fan which i am mm. 
I can totally see that being an argument one could make. But mm. yeah, that's the general things I know about the Grimm's Fairy Tales. Well, I know a lot <laughs> about the Grimm's Fairy Tales, but um, before I read all of them, um, I just thought that they were really, really disgusting mm. and uh, violent stories mm. that Disney got a hold of and pretty much made it so that it has a meaning yeah. to it because most of the grim fairy tales just have like the meaning at the end is you'll you all get, die you get what you're coming you, you get what's you coming get to what, you. yeah you get what's coming to you yeah. um but yeah that's pretty much what i thought before i read all of them yeah so obviously as everyone watching and listening if you've seen our other episodes we are all wonderfully big fans of disney um at least me, I'm totally a big fan. <laughs> um, so there's a few different ones that I want to touch on. One of them specifically is Cinderella. And I'll start with a very interesting set of prose. A very interesting set of prose oh. that I'm going to read very seriously. Cinderella. Cinderella. Night and day. It's Cinderella. Make the fire. Fix the breakfast. Wash the dishes. Do the mopping. And the sweeping. And the dusting. They always keep her. Hopping. She goes around in circles till she's very, very dizzy. Still they holler, keep a busy Cinderella. I was singing that the whole Cinderella, time. Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day, it's Cinderella. Yeah, well, yeah. that's not how we do this <laughs> on this show. Nice. We're not a musical show. We're a very serious show, well, always. I know that whole song by heart. So yes. what, can, we dive in, can we dive into the psychology of that one section, please? The psychology? How does it make you feel? Well... This may be very. Um, <laughs> Watch what you say. Oh well, no. It's how does it make really you feel? feel? <laughs> how does it make me feel? Well, I also. Some people may think this is crazy, but this is just me, and no harm, no foul to it. I actually quite like to clean. <laughs> I'm someone who just likes a tidy Ooh. space, tidy area. That's just me, and like I totally get that. Some people, that's just not their thing. But uh, it's something that's very, I don't know. I'm disappointed. In some way therapeutic for me. I honestly, like when I'm feeling stressed out, cleaning is a way for me to take control of the situation. Maybe that's a better way to put it. So, and so when I hear stuff like that, it doesn't insult me, but I can totally understand why some people would maybe be upset hearing about this mouse telling a lady to it's very masochistic misogynistic misogynistic Gus Gus over here. Yes. With no, that's before Gus Gus got found. Oh, oh, Jacques. Jacques. And what's the other what, I have uh, nice name? Tracy or something like that. Tracy. Tracy and Jacques. Tracy and Jacques. Tracy, Mor <laughs> Tracy Morgan. No, no. I am. Um, Trixie? Is that what you're asking me about? The song, How It Makes Me Feel That Way? Sure. Whatever you think. Oh, I'm, well. You just exposed yourself, so. <laughs> well, also, nostalgia. Yeah. Because. That's a very popular little song by the mouse Jacques well, from the Disney movie Cinderella that I grew up watching. That's the first song so, you think of whenever you hear Cinderella. Hey, Cinderella, so Cinderella, Cinderella. Patriarchy opinions aside, what do you think of this song? I think it gives me really big nostalgia too. But mm. um, I actually can't believe that we were raised in the same house because I <laughs> hate cleaning. Um, I don't know where you got that from. But um, yeah, I mean... It makes me 
it gives like a weird happiness to someone maybe rage being worked rage gives you rage yeah sure it gives, me, it, gives me, it gives me a lot of rage anger yeah yeah mm-hmm. makes total sense Hot take. Well, uh, many of us know Disney's Cinderella, but do many of us know the real story? I didn't because I don't spend my time reading children's books. I'm oh, an adult. I do. Well, good for you. Take you were that. never a child once. Never ever. I was born a six foot two, two oh five man. I feel so sorry for don't even go your there. mother. <laughs> yes, that must have really hurt. Yikes! Uh, but yeah, with that being said, the oldest known oral version. So the story. Stop! 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 The oldest known oral version of Cinderella is the ancient Greek story of Rhodopis, a Greek courtesan living in the colony of Nacrat. Nacratus, 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 in Egypt, whose name meant rosy cheeks. Sorry, I couldn't pronounce that correctly. It's just an old, old, old name. Rosy cheeks. This was recorded by Greek geographer Strabo. Quote, unquote, the Egyptians tell the famous, the fabulous story that when she was bathing, an eagle snatched one of her sandals from her maid and carried it to Memphis. And while the king, the city, Memphis, Memphis, Egypt, and while the king was administering justice in the open air, whatever that means, uh, the eagle, when it arrived above his head, flung the sandal into his lap and the king stirred both by the beautiful shape of the sandal and by the strangeness of the occurrence sent men in all directions into the country in quest of a woman who wore the sandal can i give a hot take one second and when she was found in the city of Nocratus, she brought up she was brought up to memphis and became the wife of the king so she was stolen i just think that the king had a foot fetish i'm gonna be honest he might have i mean a sandal fetish maybe yeah just did a room full king, of sandals. I think he just had a foot Did fetish. the king smell the sandal? He might have. Or he might have seen like, you know, like the little dirt marks. And he like, was so in her toes look amazing. He just, he gets the sandal and he's like. Yeah. It smells like mahogany and mahogany and foot sweat. Listen, I, I know a lot of the Egyptians were very like luxurious people, but the reality is it's the desert still and you're wearing sandals and walking around outside. Foot fungus. And, well, we, I'm not even thinking foot fungus. I'm just jam. thinking they're, they might must be dirty. Can Plus a, really... a, an eagle, what, an eagle is <laughs> yes. carrying it? Yes. Can we really be fabulous in a desert? Let's all ask that question. Can someone really I be fabulous? I try every day. I yeah. try every day. Two this of is us. not the desert. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. With that being said, with that being said, the Brothers Grimm version is a teensy weensy little different than this. Um, It's not in Egypt. It's a place in Germany, and it's also not written in the 1300s. So, wow, the tale is called Aschenputtel, the Little Ash Girl, or Cinderella, which is the English translation. Mm -hmm. Now, this version is much more violent than that of Charles. Peralt's and Disney's in that Cinderella's father has not died and the two stepsisters mutilate their feet specifically cut off their toes and their heels didn't know you could do that uh, to fit in the golden slipper this gives them away because Cinderella's doves notice the stepsisters feet profusely bleeding and tell the prince about it I don't know how they were walking well he was apparently blind at the time because he didn't see that their feet were bleeding profusely or that they were limping probably could barely walk they were hyped up on toes hyped up on meth 
Oh, yeah. Meth and Molly. Must have been. Now, there's no fairy godmother in this version uh, with the Brothers Grimm, but rather help comes from a wishing tree that the heroine planted on her deceased mother's grave when she recites a certain chant or when her tears land on the tree. So when Cinderella she's, was a witch. When she's skydiving, she starts crying because the wind's blowing up into their, her eyes and the tears fall at a velocity, escape velocity. It's really, really high <laughs> and it lands on the tree and that's when... The powers of magic come through this tree. So there's no fairy godmother. The tree itself, dare I say, plants. It's like Rapunzel. It's like Tangled. The, it's like Mark Wahlberg's renowned and beloved movie, The Happening. Plants or it's like The, the Giving Tree. Or the, yeah, The Giving Tree. The that giving movie, tree. that book makes me cry. I, I, have, I have not read book. it. But what? I know the difference. Uh, you can't. You cannot. You <laughs> giving tree? haven't seen American Psycho yet. We talked oh, about this either. on our sister podcast, Hot Beat. Well, you're young. You have an excuse. We're both young, actually. Yikes. <laughs> oh, I'm not young. I'm in trouble. <laughs> With that, she knows I didn't mean it that way. With that being said, you can't. The Giving Tree, this is like an old, old book. It's like the a Giving 60s Tree book. was 60s. a book that my sixth grade teacher, who tragically passed away, um, after I had left his class, but shortly thereafter, it was a really tragic passing. Uh, that was his favorite book. And then to memorialize him, my elementary school actually painted a huge mural of the giving tree on a wall. And that's the end of the show. Uh, yeah, we've hit an all-time low. Uh, I'm going to go cry. So let's talk about the cutting off our toes to fit it into a golden slipper. Yeah. Uh, so I obviously, mean, if it called for getting that bank. What did they use? I'd call my toes. I, I'd cut my toes off. It's the ultimate gold digger move, really. Cut but off your I limbs. Mean, to I marry mean, a prince. A mutilated foot can fetch a lot of money online these days. Big old exactly. OnlyFans out there. Just look at my to foot. show like half your toes. What has happened yeah. to our society? Nothing that hasn't happened before. Just, it's just capitalism, really. I mean, if you got well. an ugly toe and someone's willing to pay 50 bucks for a photo of it, get, get your coin. Bank. Well, what's funny is the story gets worse. Uh, <laughs> for their deception and their cruelty and their hatred towards Cinderella over the years, Cinderella turned out to be a very loving and forgiving sister, our stepsister or slave, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the stepsisters inevitably suffered the very bloody and terrible punishment of having their eyes pecked out by doves. I love that it was doves, like, you know, Sword doves are meant to be the purity and all that. But no, you get your eyes picked out by covered them. In Where's Gus Gus? Where's I think Gus Gus the was mice. part of I have to admit, the I, have no Cinderella's idea I have no idea mind. what you're talking about. I don't know who Gus Gus is. You the don't. mouse from Cinderella. Have I've you ever watched seen Cinderella? I've seen it twice in my oh life. Oh my I've gosh. It it's the fat mouse. The fat mouse, Gus I'm Gus. i say fat. Are you allowed to say fat? Well, I could like get canceled or something. Oh, you are such a Gen Zer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yo, dude, the 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 uh the 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 thick and quick crowd is not going to come out here well, and cancel you, okay? Gus Gus, he's like the he's a big one and he wears the crop top and he's like Oh, 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 yeah. We're going to stop there. Okay. Yes, I remember Gus Gus. <laughs> no, that's, Gus, his, that's his voice. Suspect. Well, there's a reason why we're going to stop because that <laughs> you could get canceled for that one. Um. So, yeah, very interesting. Uh, obviously not a story for children, specifically on the foot fetish uh, debauchery um, and the destruction. But I do have to say uh, to this last point, uh, mad gains, dog. Keep getting that cheddar. Yes. Mm. Wow. Cheddar that bank. Cheddar bank coin. No one says cheddar anymore because everyone's lactose intolerant. Clap oh, those cheeks. Get they, that gold. Yeah, that. They say they're lactose intolerant, which may be true, but they still enjoy that cheese. Well, what's confusing is we're all about tolerance here. Why not just try harder? 
try harder to enjoy the cheese. Tolerate the cheese. If it gives part. you, if he gives you IBS, who cares? Just do your part. Do your part and have a charcuterie board. Do yeah, your part. You deserve it. Yeah. Eat string cheese. Poison just intolerance. Just tolerate the poison. The more yeah. you take it in, the more your body will be like, "This is just my life now." <laughs> just <laughs> ingesting pounds what? of cheese. What do you think I'll tell myself when I start my foot fetish channel on OnlyFans? All right. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Let's yep. just move on. Thanks, alcohol. Uh, so obviously, <laughs> the next person I think we should talk about is Sleeping Beauty. I've oh, always this is found my favorite. I've found Cinderella to be a basic, basic B. Yep. She's basic. She is. She is. You know what? Live Valley action, girl. live action Cinderella. Disney came out in 2015 or 16 or something. Not good. Oh, the Perfect. Ellie, uh, the Ellie girl. Isn't her name like Ellie something? Not good. Mm, no, I don't know. Was not no. good. You I, are I didn't, crazy. It was so good. Terrible. It was so good. It was bad. I didn't really like it. Oh All the God. live I action. Her dress. Both of you straight to jail. Her dress was pretty. Both of you straight to, to the streets. Jail. I go to the streets. To the streets yep. to jail. Okay. I, uh, I don't like any of the live action movies. I don't either, except oh. for Maleficent. I like even, Maleficent. Even, hey, look, even, even Buzz Lightyear. That wasn't live action. You fell asleep. Interstellar was live action, okay? Oh, my gosh. Uh, And you fell asleep. I watched the entire thing. I watched the entire... I watched, as a 30-year-old man, the entire Buzz Lightyear movie by myself. While my (laughs) wife, commonly referred to by historians as Beowulf, slept on the couch. I turned it on, and she was like, Yeah, it's gonna be so good! <laughs> and I sat there and I watched the entire thing. Yeah, well, and I was expecting turn, to cry. Turn on movies too no. late. I'm tired by it that. It was seven thirty. <laughs> it's too late. Hey, my bedtime is eight thirty, so don't feel bad. Uh, yikes! That don't is that bad. hurts. Use me. your hours now while you can. You're gonna get to our age, and you're yeah. gonna be like, should be going to bed at like two. Oh, I would like to make yeah. an announcement. Um, to any nineteen year old to twenty year old girls watching, PSA. I yes, I am looking for friends. Yikes. That was so we're gonna have I just to, wanted to advertise that. We are going to have to cut that out because that makes me sad. No. Uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. Uh, definitely cutting That's that me. out. Definitely, That's... definitely cutting that out. Um, so Sleeping Beauty is a classic fairy tale about a princess who is cursed to sleep for 100 years by an evil fairy to be awakened by a handsome prince at the end. Hmm. Mm, hmm. I wonder how he wakes her up. Sounds like a game show. A good fairy, realizing the princess would be frightened if alone when awakened, used her wand as well to put every living person and animal in the palace asleep to awaken when the princess does. So for a long time, there was just this giant Airbnb palace where there was 300 to 400 different individuals who were put to sleep. They all slept. People would come and go. Why is everyone asleep? Our country is falling into shambles. The queen and the king have been asleep for hundreds of years we no longer exist and that is actually how the fall of the byzantine empire occurred with that being said uh very interesting story um very one that almost every person knows maybe outside of the byzantine empire i learned that from the history channel um earliest known version of sleeping beauty was actually found in the narrative of purse forest uh, composed between 1330 and 1344. So a long, 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 long time ago. And originally it was published by Giambattista Basile. And going forward, I will just refer to him as Basile. Uh, Basile. I'll refer to him as Basile in his collection of tales titled The Penta Morone, which was published posthumously. Uh, after Basile, a very, very strange individual, as you'll see soon enough, passed away in 1634. 
Wouldn't that suck to just have all your stuff published posthumously? Unless you were embarrassed by it, I guess. Yeah. He like should it, it, He should be. He should, he be, should embarrassed. be embarrassed. Oh, he's dead now. Yeah, he should be embarrassed Me. about it. Um, now, Basile's version happens to be a tad extreme. Um, so, listener discretion advised. Uh, like, seriously. Very. So... Bear with me here and please interject at any moment if you feel like going, ew, yuck, or giving me some sort of modern day interpretation of how this is misogynistic, because I agree. Um, In Basile's version, Sleeping Beauty is named Talia, and astrologers predicted that her birth, uh, at her birth, there would be a tiny splinter of flax that would curse her, similar to a sewing needle in future versions. The king bans all flax and spinning materials, but the princess passes a peddler woman spinning flax, those darn peddlers, which, ca- which catches her attention. The princess ties, tries to spin, uh, and then a flax splinter wedges itself under her nail, and she immediately drops dead. That would hurt. That would really wow, hurt. Dude. Yeah. Under your nail? Yeah, that would hurt. You know what I think of every time I hear about things going in the nails? Have you ever watched Lost? Uh-huh. Okay. In season one of Lost, Saeed tortures Sawyer and oh. he takes... With like the wood chip or whatever Yeah, he is? takes like a palm frond or something yeah. and he sticks it under mm. his nail. And mm-hmm. I remember the first time I saw that back in like 2005 oh, or whenever that show came out. And I was so traumatized. I would have dreams about like getting... Getting splinters under, yeah, your, under your nails. Oh. Yeah. And that reminds me of that. Never Fun mind. little lost introduction there. Yeah. I'm always trying to plug that show, even in 2022. Love that show. Got you're, sucky after the third it. season. Bull's doing Star Trek. You're doing Lost. The only show I watched in full all the way through ex- that. No, actually, not true. The only show I've watched all the way through while it was playing, except Game of Thrones. Okay. Game of Thrones okay. and Lost are the only two shows I've watched all the way through. Yeah, they're live. both good shows. They're both, well, outside of season eight of Game, Game of Thrones, they're both good. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> And, and the new season, which I haven't decided yet. Uh, so now here's where it gets a little bit interesting. Uh, the, Italia, Princess uh, Sleeping Beauty, uh, she is placed in an abandoned country manor by the king, a.k.a. her dad. There's a lot of kings in this one, so please follow me. Uh, years pass, and then a king from another neighboring land uh, who is hunting in the woods happens upon her in the manor, tries to wake her, fails, and then, as most people do, uh, violates, <laughs> rapes her um, before returning home. And she's, uh, by the way, at this point in the story she's dead necrophiliac so uh that happens hey, it's 2022 and jeffrey Dahmer's all the rage right now everyone should be just, used to that these days trying, seeing it's popular culture just talk trying to normalize it uh yeah. nine months later talia sleeping beauty still dead technically asleep but technically dead uh gives birth to twins sun and moon those are the names in the story uh and fairies place the babies on her breast to suckle as fairies do that is, yeah, that is, <laughs> that is the sound. Uh, <laughs> one of the babies uh, sucks the flax splinter out of her finger and Talia awakens from death. Wait, flax? Why am I thinking flax as in like flaxseed? Because flax seeds come from flax. Whatever. Oh, Continue. How, I have a question. How did the baby suck it out of her finger when they were sucking on her boob? These babies were... They were just like swelling around everywhere? I've heard this this story before and then I heard heard that one of the babies mistook her finger as a nipple. Okay, her nipple must have been really long then. (laughs) (laughs) So Sleeping Beauty had long nipples. (laughs) 
like long. <laughs> that is our hot take. Yes, Slim Beauty had very long nipples. Uh, That's what uh, we get from this story. <laughs> yikes! Uh, so, so after the babies who are oddly performing strange suckling on. Fingers. Various parts of her body. Uh, the king who violated her uh, returned sometime later. And of course, he's overjoyed to discover his newly found family and the child support payments. Uh, yes. He tells Talia, Sleeping Beauty, that he violated her. And according to Basile, their friendship was knitted with tighter bonds. I think Basile might have had a uh, very interesting interpretation of how relationships should yeah. be. But of course, I'm calling the kettle black because it's 2022. Calling the kettle black? I was going to say, don't say calling the I kettle think black. You, mis- you think you're mistaking. No, I'm not. Not at all. You're calling the so kettle black? You're... We're trying to popularize this stuff again, but we're not going to go into that topic. No, but oh, you're saying you're, you're saying you've done it. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, you, no, you not did, at all. That's how that term right. goes. Yeah. I've been using that term wrong. Yeah, when you're, when you're calling the kettle black, you're basically accusing someone of something that you that openly do. Oh, shit. No. Yeah. <laughs> have not. You Glad said that we wrong. Stopped you yikes, then. <laughs> yikes. Well, this next part's going to get very funny. Now, the married rapey king uh, stayed with Talia for a bit before returning to his wife, and boom, story ends. Right? Yay! No, story doesn't end there. Uh, nope. Rapey King, his wife, so Rapey King's wife, uh, finds out, sends a messenger to the unaware Talia, and Talia sends her kiddos to see their Rapey King dad. The queen of Rapey King orders the cook to roast the children up and serve them to Rapey King for dinner, but the protagonist cook, the only good character in this story, hides the kids with his own family instead, sparing them. He had a heart. The queen then sends for Talia and accuses her of stealing the rapey king, even though Talia was asleep. A fact that she makes known to the queen. Queen rapey king, that's her name, <laughs> doesn't care, and orders Talia to be thrown in the fire, for, to which Talia responds by doing a f- slow striptease for the queen. <laughs> the perfect stalling tactic. So I've used it plenty of times myself. Oh. Was this queen the first bisexual then? I don't know, but maybe we shouldn't make that assumption okay go back to your story going back to the story (laughs) yeah go Uh, back yeah so long story short the queen wants talia's jewelry encrusted garments Mm. so talia makes a big show of tiktoking until rapey king arrives upon arrival the queen of rapey king tells rapey king that she fed him his children not true to which rapey king responds by throwing the queen and all her accomplices into the fire that they had made for talia the cook brings back sun and moon Talia's children, and everyone rejoices, and Rapey King marries Talia. The he's, end. He's the real winner here. So apparently. this is really the entrance to Jeffrey Dahmer. Necrophilia, cannibalism, cannibalism. Only this, this is where has, he got. Yeah, this, this one started. has a well happy ending for the kids because they're alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Talia they're, they're married. With their- Rapey dad. Rapey dad. Rapey dad. Violator. Yep. Well, that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. That's not exactly how I remember it. No. No. Not at all. No. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. In Maleficent, the live action, you said you liked it. Yeah. Over there. Um, Isn't the whole thing they're trying to say now that she was in love with the king at some point? Yeah. And then the king, like, stabbed her in the back. Well, he cut her wings off because she was a fairy. Right. And the fact that this story has been told and then changed slightly and retold yeah. kind of makes it disturbing to me. Just well, a tad. Aurora in the Disney version has 
an awesome pink and blue dress. I was obsessed with that dress as a kid. And I loved the scene when all the, the three fairies are in the little Got cottage the with her and they're fighting over the color of the dress, <laughs> the pink versus blue. And they're making a cake for her birthday. And for some reason, I was enamored with that oh. scene as a kid. And I used to love when they prop the broomstick up against the cake and they're My- trying to... My favorite part of that is when they say fold the egg into the batter. Yeah, and she folds fold, an and actual she, egg and she into the presses batter. presses in and you hear the eggshell crack. In the, for some reason, <laughs> maybe that is what spurred my love for baking. Because I feel maybe. like that was a formidable moment, moment in my life. When did that movie come out? Like 19... Well, either when I was really young or before I was born. Sleeping Beauty? Like 1995 maybe? No way. Yeah. It must have been earlier than that. I think earlier. Uh, been, I don't want to say it was like the seventies. No, not no, that early. Not the seventies. Mm, sure. No, maybe the definitely 80s not that early. At, like mm. the late eighties. Mm. I don't least. know. I can't remember. But I loved that movie so much. Well, in a weird turn of events, uh, stories that people love. This version was collected by a wonderful Charles Perrault in Histories ou Contes du Tempest Passé in 1697, and was then later collected and printed by the Brothers Grimm. The Brothers Grimm version was known as Little Briar Rose, oh, Briar Rose. and was featured in their collection in 1812. Their version ends when the prince arrives to wake Sleeping Beauty, named Rosamund. Peralt's version included a part two, which the Grimm brothers chose to omit, so they chose to leave it out. Now, per the Wikipedia, uh, the brothers considered rejecting the story on the grounds that it was derived from Peralt's version. But the presence of the Bjorn, the Bjornhild tale convinced them to include it as an authentically German tale. So it's not really a German tale. It's Italian. But they Italian. decided, they okay. decided to include it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now their decision specifically is very notable in the, in the fact that because in none of the Teutonic myth, myths meant, uh, meaning the poetic and prose Eddas or Volsunga saga, all their sleepers, Sleeping Beauty, uh, awakened with a kiss, a fact Jacob Grimm would have known since he wrote an encyclopedic volume on German mythology. So very notable that they included this. Uh, the Brothers Grimm version of Sleeping Beauty is the only known German variant of the tale, and instead of fairies, these women, they're not fairies, they're wise women. That fold like the Bible. Yeah. Eggs into, into a cake. cake. Yes. With Actual the shells eggs. on them. Yeah, that's why you cook, right? You just kind of throw everything in, the packaging, the shells. Yeah. Leftover Perfect. stuff, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So the Brothers Grimm also included in the first edition of their tales a fragmentary fairy tale, uh, quote-unquote, the evil mother-in-law. This story <laughs> begins with the heroine, uh, with the heroine, a married mother of two children, and her mother-in-law who attempts to eat her and the children. There's a lot of cannibalism in a the lot. Grimm fairy yeah. tales. Um, now, the heroine suggests in this particular story that an animal be substituted in the dish, and the story ends with the heroine's worry that she cannot keep her children from crying and getting the mother-in-law's attention. So obviously, typical, you know, right. typical story ending. Yeah. Oh boy. So what do you guys think? That's dark. Good old uh, weird rapey tale. Yeah. You know, I much prefer the Disney version. You know, that pink and blue dress. Mm. It ends with them ballroom dancing. Mm. You know, her dad kind of awesome in that movie. Kind of. Well, actually, no. I think about it. No. Well, she she pricks her finger on the end of a spinning a wheel spinning right? or like needle spindle. Needle. spindle 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 and this one was spindle. a flax seed or f- i keep saying flax seed flax flax, flax needle flax needle or flax like uh like so like a pe- it's i like think a it's pincher. like wheat yeah. so did like the wheat. baby spit it out 
or just swallow it. Eat it. Mm, there's See, a loop. I think this the Grimm's Sleeping Beauty is like the most memorable Grimm's fairy tale. Just in my opinion, like that's the one I think of when I first think of Grimm's. I don't know why. Maybe because it's so dark. Mm. But it's like the thing I think of when I hear Grimm's. Mm. Well, we've got quite a wonderful story to cover next. Ah, okay. <laughs> Snow White. This one is wonderful. It's my favorite. Just kidding. It's not my favorite. So Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was published by Brothers Grimm in their collection of Grimm's fairy tales in 1812, uh, numbered as tale number 53. Originally titled Schneechenwitten, <laughs> its final revision came in 1854. In the 1812 version, the queen wants a baby and pricks her finger with a needle. There's a lot of needle pricking, a lot, like of use, a lot of heroin use, a lot of heroin use in Matthews, yes. uh, causing three drops of blood to fall on the white snow of her windowsill. She says... How oh, how I wish that I had a daughter that had skin as white as snow, lips as red as blood, and hair as black as ebony. What a terrifying looking child that must be. What a yeah. terrifying sounding woman. I agree. Uh, the queen gives birth to a daughter whom she names Snow White, because of course, why wouldn't she? In later's telling, the queen dies in childbirth, but not in the original. In the original, she becomes and behaves much like the stepmother does in the 1854 version of the tale. Mm. Now, a year later... Snow White's father, and I have to play some music for this just to set the tone. A year later, Snow White's father, the king, marries again. His new wife is a very beautiful but also vain and wicked woman who practices witchcraft, as most women do. The new queen possesses a magic mirror, which she asks every morning, Magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? When Snow White is seven years old, her fairness surpasses that of her stepmother. When the queen asks her mirror, it tells her that Snow White is the fairest. Now, the queen's heart turns against Snow White, and she begins to hate her more and more as time goes on. The angry queen orders a huntsman to take Snow White into the forest and kill her. And as proof that Snow White is dead, the queen also wants him to return with her heart, which she will consume in order to become immortal. They skipped that part in Disney. Yes. Yeah. Now, the huntsman can't kill Snow White and lets her go per her begging him. Snow White lives in the forest with a bunch of short dwarfs after breaking into their home and eating their stuff. They take pity on her because she is hot as fuck and tell her (laughs) that she can be their housemaid. Wait, how old is she? I don't know, but well, by the I know in like the original original, she was only like twelve. I think in Disney she's supposed to be fourteen. Well, per the uh, well, very authentic folklore music, this is actually a song from that time. Um, uh, so appropriate. I'm not just making jokes. Can you imagine a seven year old being hotter than you? Like that's just sad. Are we really going to go down that path? It's okay. Even- well, then let me go down another path. You know how the Mandela effect? Yeah. In all of the things it says mirror mirror on the wall but it actually says magic mirror yeah you, it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i just noticed that yeah. Yeah. magic yeah. mirror most people think it says mirror mirror but it doesn't it's magic because we're in two mirror. separate uh, realities that yep. have collided because the hadron collider actually was faulty uh, when oh. they decided to run it a uh, large boson hadron collider uh, and we are now living in two different realities in which people have grown up thinking that the uh, baron stain bears is baron steen bears and that uh, Fruit of the Loom doesn't have a brown basket behind it. Okay. Or does. A cornucopia, you mean? Who knows? Yes, I am not cultured. Thank you, Sloth. You're welcome. Back to the story. <laughs> the queen discovers that Snow White isn't dead. And is furious when she learns that Snow White 
used her wits to fake her death and decides to kill the girl herself. Now, in a turn of uh, uh, me, myself, and I syndrome, first she appears at the dwarf's cottage, disguised as an old peddler, and offers Snow White colorful, silky-laced bodices as a present. One, of course, would offer that to a child. Uh, The queen laces her up so tightly that Snow White faints. The dwarves save her, though. The queen then dresses up as a comb seller, which existed, and convinces Snow White to take a beautiful comb as a present. She strokes Snow White's hair with the poisoned comb. The girl is overcome by the poison from the comb, but she again is revived by the dwarfs, who by this time have a very intimate relationship with her, and she removes they remove the comb from her hair. And finally, the queen dresses up as a farmer's wife and convinces Snow White to eat a poisoned apple. Snow White falls into a coma, appearing to be dead, to which the queen celebrates. The dwarves can't awaken her, so they place her in a glass casket, something readily available at the time, especially to dwarves. Yes, what else would they do? Very fancy. I mean, smancy. can you imagine not doing a glass casket? Like They could eat her. I mean, I they mean, could just that, throw her yeah. in a pit and throw some dirt on her. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Yeah. That works. So, a strange turn of events occurs. A prince discovers her, takes pity, and decides to return her to her father's castle, which is a proper burial place. During transport, one of the prince's servants trips, dislodging a piece of the poisoned apple from Snow White's throat, which revives her. The prince is overjoyed, and as one does, proposes to Snow White, and as one also does, upon just meeting him, she accepts Like, did they even talk or anything? or just She was dead, no. She just woke she up dead. and he was on yeah. his knee. Yep. Marry me. And she was like, I'm a kid. And he was like, okay. And she was like, yes. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) Now, the queen, not to be outdone by the storytelling of the author, decides to crash the wedding after discovering that she has, once again, failed to murder. A lot harder than you think it is. And the prince punishes her by forcing her to wear a pair of red hot iron slippers and to dance in them until she drops dead. And that is the end. That was the beginning of... What what's that? Footloose. Fiddler on the roof. <laughs> I thought you guys were gonna say that was the beginning of the drop it like it's hot music video. Drop but, it like it's hot. You know what's interesting about this is I mean, this wasn't that far off from how the movie goes. No. No, this one was well, actually by Grimm's by Grimm's standards, this is a good one. Yeah. Like a pretty pretty almost exactly the same. Yeah. I mean there's except no, for like the true love kiss. Yeah. yeah. But you know what's interesting about the Disney movie that I just remembered? Apparently. Nothing. The ending, you know, when True Love's Kiss, he wakes her up and mm. they're like, she's on the horse and he's leading the horse. And it shows them going and there's a castle in the distance going right over your head. You don't know what I'm talking about? Well, there's a castle in the distance and they show it so it looks like it's in the clouds and some speculate that the ending of the movie is supposed to be her actually dying. I do remember this. We saw this in theater. theaters. Theaters? I saw that. Yes, I remember that yeah. particular moment. But yeah, I mean, that's a lot more easy to swallow than Sleeping Beauty was. Well, in the Just wait. cartoon Snow White, doesn't the evil queen like get... Struck by lightning? Yeah, oh. like oh, hit with a boulder. Uh, yeah, I think... He, or oh, the works. lightning! No, the lightning strikes and then, like, the boulder. Doesn't the boulder fall down? I think it yeah, falls like on she, her. She yeah. falls off a cliff or something. And like that the dwarves movie scared me it, so yeah, bad. As it a was kid. terrifying. I used to, I used to freak out. Like when she's when Snow White's running through the forest before she gets to the dwarf's house, or when the the evil queen's like turning into the. 
Oh, she's in her the, dungeon. She's, she's like, like turning into the old lady. Double, oh double toilet and trouble down there. And oh, that's yeah. that. I literally could not watch that when I was a kid. Well, but I could read grim fairy tales. I just couldn't watch. Don't Disney understand. Snow White. But we made this so digestible for children. I'm, I'm out of my depth. This is not. It's all right. This is not my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> speaking of stories, cartoons specifically that were impactful as a child. Mm-hmm. Fox and the Hound messed me up. Oh, I messed me up real bad. That and Dumbo, I cry every time I watch um, it. I I've, still cry. I showed it to her too. like a year ago, and I wept. And I first, fell asleep when she's give. When she gives the fox away, oh, dear God, I, they play that music the, with the like the the, the, the harmonica I, and he like the over. I knew I would never see the old lady again who loved me as a fox, and like I'm just sitting there. Ugh! And Jen's Jen Beowulf, whatever her name is, is asleep. It happens. We're do it. We different. We do a different podcast. No it's a history know podcast. My actual name. Yeah, where you're the sloth. Yes. Why would you? No one's going to know my name. Yeah, you're the sloth. But I watched Dumbo a couple months ago. That one's a little. I cannot get past the first part of when the mom gets put away into the cage and he can't see the mom. And, and I, they have that music that's stupid. Oh my music gosh. Play. Yeah, I'm going to cry right the now. Music play. Yeah. I like didn't get into Dumbo or Fox and the Hound. I was all Disney princesses. Fox Lame. and the Hound is Disney. I, but it's but not, it's a, not princess. a Disney princess. Who cares about princesses? I do. She does. We're equal opportunity here. My favorite, though, was actually not. She's technically not a princess, but she's Anastasia. That's not Disney. Oh, that's DreamWorks. Favorite Disney princess. That's a great. That's a great. Wait, wait, Thimbalina. No, that's wait, 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 wait. Not Disney either. Wait, wait, wait. Favorite favorite Disney princess, and she's technically not a Disney princess. Well, they they keep her like they they advertise her like that, but but she's not a princess. But she's my favorite. Belle. No, Belle's a princess. No, I love isn't. Belle, though. Yeah, she is. Technically, she marries the prince. Yeah, she's a princess. I should know this. Like, she's not a princess, but she definitely, like, they advertise her in all the Disney princess merch and stuff. I can't believe you Mulan? don't know. Jasmine? Yes! Mulan. Oh, yeah, Mulan. Yeah, I was going to jump to that, and I was like, but she marries the prince guy. She doesn't marry a prince. No, he's just oh, a he's a, like a he's military, a military dude. Yeah. yeah. He's also my favorite prince. And he's not even a prince. <laughs> yeah. That was when I started liking barrel chested men. Okay. And look what you got. <laughs> Adam Driver. No. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we have covered Cinderella. We've covered Sleeping Beauty. We have covered Snow White. Now we're going to cover one that is not necessarily a Grimm's fairy tale. So next episode, we're going to have a few different ones. We'll probably include some more Grimm's ones because these are very interesting. But this one in particular uh, is probably one of the strangest stories I have ever heard. And also one of the oddest Disney movies I've ever seen. The Adventures of Pinocchio. When I was in middle school, all of my friends would refer to it as the Adventures of Pinocchio Hole. It was written by Italian (laughs) author Carlo Collodi and published in a serial form under the title The Story of a Puppet. In one of the earliest Italian weekly magazines for children, starting on July 7th, 1881, in February of 1883, the story was published into a single book. A carpenter named Master Antonio a.k.a. referred to as Master Cherry, not sure why, uh, (laughs) finds a block of wood to carve into a leg for his table. Upon beginning to carve, the leg cries out, and Master Cherry, 
a man known for pushing his problems onto a less fortunate people, gives the talking log to his extremely poor neighbor, Geppetto, who planned planned to make a living as a puppeteer. Geppetto carves the block of wood into a boy and names him Pinocchio. And once his nose has been carved, it begins to grow with his bad behavior. Hmm. It, that, Such it a just strange, sounds like a strange, innuendo or something. Wait, wait, wait. Imagery. So Master Antonio said the wood began to cry out, but Geppetto had no problem carving it into a boy? Because he wanted his puppet to talk. Don't ask too many questions, okay? I, I, like, I mean, was it crying out the whole probably? time? I will tell you right now, actually ask the questions, but there are no answers. This, this. Okay. I read this entire story from start to it's finish today. Messed up. Don't understand it. Don't okay. understand it at all. I'm not even sure how it became popular, to be completely honest with you. Very imaginative. The entire Disney movie felt like a fever dream. I this one I literally can't remember an actual thing except for that weird the world donkey and part. the donkey, the donkey part. part. Yeah. yeah it traumatized me. That's uh, the only part I remember. Yeah, Where it, bad boys go. Yeah. Yeah. So Neverland or whatever it is. Before Pinocchio was even completed, he was already a douchebag. And the puppet proceeded to kick Geppetto <laughs> after his feet were were fully carved. <laughs> now, Geppetto taught him to walk. And Pito- Pinocchio, 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 <laughs> after learning to walk, decided to run away to town, because that's what you do. Only to be caught by the Italian police officer, mm. or a few of them, who assumed that Pinocchio was not treated very well and abused. But this is a wood boy, <laughs> yeah, by the way. I this don't... is a puppet. Right. It's a puppet. Okay. It's a pup- uh, this is a self-aware Puppet. Mm-hmm. And the police are like this poor, abused puppet. So, they imprison Geppetto without any questions. Okay. Kind of similar wooden. to another organization that exists. Sounds like Italian police. <laughs> Just kidding. Italian yeah. police. Love ya. Right. Uh, now, Pinocchio decides to return home. He's alone because he just got his dad or creator or weird ethical dilemma there uh lover uh, weird ethical <laughs> dilemma there uh, uh he's in jail geppetto's in jail and while trying to find something suitable for a block of boy wood human to eat he comes across a talking cricket who has lived in the house for over a century over a century a cricket i don't think crickets live that long they don't, don't they only live like a week or something longer than that but yeah basically the same uh <laughs> and this cricket who's lived over a century warns pinocchio of the perils of disobedience and hedonism, because that's exactly what a boy would human would know about. <laughs> Pinocchio responds accordingly in retaliation by throwing a hammer at the cricket, accidentally <laughs> killing him. Okay. Well, there's the end of Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket did not exist. No. He dies. He but he does exist. killed right away. Because this universe makes no sense. This nope. is a very strange universe. <laughs> Ever the moron, Pinocchio leaves the house to find food, asking neighbors for something to eat. They think he's a hooligan and pour buckets of water on his head. Oh, my God. Wet and cold, he returns home to sleep on the stove. In my notes, I said next to the stove. No, he slept on the stove, only to wake up with burned feet the next day. Now, Pinocchio eventually goes to school after Geppetto gets let go from the police and fixes fixes his feet. Uh, And Geppetto, the enabling dad with no backbone, sells his only coat for a school book for Pinocchio. I don't know what type of school book. I'm not even sure if there were multiple types of classes at this point in time. But Pinocchio gets a school book, and Geppetto gets nothing. If he was my kid, 
I would have thrown him into the I fire. W- I was going to say, I would have thrown him out. He's like, I don't care. It. I, I don't care. Throw him in the dumpster. That yeah. demonic little wood boy. <laughs> it's like Annabelle. I was going to say, it's like 100%. Annabelle. You I put that in the dumpster and you roll that right into yeah. the ocean. This is why I don't understand this that movie. This is the Kraken's problem now. Kraken. 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 I mean, crack is a kraken. Monstro, <laughs> the whale. Why is a kraken's problem now? <laughs> kraken. Whatever. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand Annabelle. They should just throw the thing into the fire. I was going to like they chop did. it into pieces. They tried. You Easy. missed it. I've seen the whole thing. I you fell asleep. Because no, she's, I saw it again. She's it again. possessed. And so even if you get rid of the doll, it'll go into another thing. Uh-oh. Well, that's a problem. What? What? The camera stopped filming. What? Storage. iPhone storage is full. Oh, well. Let's keep going. <laughs> let's keep going. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and continue. Um, interestingly enough. Uh, <laughs> should let's we? keep going. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Fine. I will be the unfaced. The unfaced? The unfaced. She'll be the uh, unfaced. Guest. I mean, yeah. you could, you could sit, <laughs> you could sit on the same chair. You don't need to do that. I'm joking. No, no, it's joking. Fine. So obviously, <laughs> now Geppetto's getting the short end of the stick here, uh, literally, um, from Pinocchio. Um, now Pinocchio continues to get himself into trouble, uh, and he comes across the Great Marionette Theater, which he chose to sell his school book uh, for a ticket. Wow. Something that his uh, his beloved Geppetto only uh, only was able to get by selling his only coat. So, um, now, two puppets somehow recognize Pinocchio. I'm not sure how. Uh, from his prostitute days. And the puppet master gets ready, uh, really mad and decides to use Pinocchio as firewood again. Back up. No, I, I added that. Oh, yeah, no, I was I, like, what? Yeah, Pinocchio, he was not a prostitute. Oh, my God. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Some of these stories. <laughs> a sentient block of wood that was also a prostitute. That's pretty funny. Oh, um, yeah. Now, obviously, throwing Pinocchio into the fire would be a suitable and appropriate end for a wood demon. But that does not happen uh, because Pinocchio instead changes the puppet master's mind with about a victim mentality. And explains that Geppetto is really poor and dumb, and so the master gives him five. The puppet master gives him five gold pieces to give to Geppetto because he takes pity on Geppetto. Okay, <laughs> that's nice. Uh, yeah, Very sure. Sweet. Now, on his way home, yet again, Pinocchio exhibits his intelligence by falling prey to the wiles of a fox and a cat, both of which who convince him to plant his coins in the field of miracles outside of the city of catch fools in the land of barn owls, resulting. In a tree of gold coins. There was a lot of things said just now that I'm having. A None hard of it was time. English. The the planting the a field tree. of miracles in this land of barn owls. Yes, Sounds I like a actually place. have fallen victim to planting something, thinking it'll turn into a tree. Beowulf told me when I was younger that if I planted a rib bone, that it would grow a cow. And so now at one of our old houses, there's a rib bone in our yard. Let's just hope it's for an actual. Was yes. I there? No. Listen, um, this young you child around. was dumb. I was very dumb. <laughs> I was very, very dumb. <laughs> this tree, if you plant if you plant a rib bone, it'll grow a cow. Yeah. What do you think was going to happen? A cow I, was going to come I, out of the soil? Yep. Yep. 
Maybe oh, a cow egg. It's very sweet. You were a very sweet child, and you weren't stupid. I was a little dumb. Just a you little. You did plant a rib I bone. did, yeah. Well, your self-awareness is never-ending, which is great. <laughs> yeah. So, back to Pinocchio. Now, this cat and this fox, this self-aware, sentient cat and fox, uh, decide to take Pinocchio to an inn... And Pinocchio finds himself paying for the cat and fox's food, after which they promptly abandon Pinocchio, but tell him to meet them at the Field of Miracles the next morning. Pinocchio starts his trek, but the ghost of the wrongly killed cricket (laughs) appears ordering him to go home to give his gold to his papa. Papa. All right. Now, Pinocchio wisely ignores this talking demon bug. He ignores it. This demon ghost bug. Uh, the fox and the cat then disguise themselves and attempt to rob Pinocchio on his way to play baseball with Kevin Costner in the Field of Miracles, mm-hmm. also known as the Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. And Pinocchio <laughs> puts the coins in his mouth after brutally biting off the cat's paw. Oh, wow. Pinocchio oh, cool. then escapes to a White House, not the White House, but a White House. Are you sure? Maybe. Maybe it's the same. And talks to a dead fairy with turquoise hair. It's the same. Uh, waiting for a hearse. And then gets hanged in a tree by the cat and fox. So the cat made it without the paws. Yeah, we only had three. Oh, that's a okay. tragedy for the cat. Yeah. Is it? Now, both the cat and the fox get bored waiting for Pinocchio, a totally self-aware, sentient, human boy wood demon, to suffocate to death. I don't think he would suffocate. No. He's wood. So they leave him. <laughs> Just hanging? Hanging. Okay. <laughs> This fairy with blue hair saves Pinocchio, and three animal doctor hybrids show up, providing an accurate diagnosis as to, you know, what happened to him, as most animal doctors do. Not, not human doctors, animal doctors. These are animals. Animals are who are doctors, who went to an accredited university, got a doctorate in medicine, and now are diagnosing Pinocchio. Right. And as much of the human population of human doctors do, they can't figure out whether Pinocchio is alive or dead. So they hold a meeting of the minds. And the third doctor, the ghost of the wrongly killed cricket. So he got a doctorate a doctor? while he was dead? Or while right. he was alive? Okay. No one knows. Okay. This third doctor, this ghost demon cricket doctor, murdered by Pinocchio, says that Pinocchio is fine, but has been a total douchebag to his dad. Paraphrasing. Yeah. Pinocchio then lies to the fairy who saved his life, resulting in his nose growing, which in turn is then whittled down by some woodpeckers at the request of the fairy, so she helps him lie. She also invites him and Geppetto to live with her in the forest. I so totally she's... forgot that his nose grew with all of this information. Yeah. Mm. I completely forgot. still has a growing nose. This yes, is meth it. energy storytelling. Yes. Um, now, the cat and fox return convincing dumb old Pinocchio to go back to the field of dreams with Kevin Costner and plant his gold coins to become better at baseball and to make more money, mm-hmm. which he agrees to. He buries his coins and then is robbed by the cat and Fox because Pinocchio is an imbecile. Surprising. Now Pinocchio goes and decides to report his crime to a judge who also happens to be a gorilla. Oh, wow. Take from that what you will. Okay. <laughs> I mean, now, this is a talking wooden puppet. The, the yeah. rules of this universe make no sense. Okay. Now, this judge gorilla human hybrid decides to sentence Pinocchio to four months for the crime of foolishness. <clears throat> then the king at the time in this universe wins a war, decides to release all criminals, and Pinocchio is on his way. Wow, very okay. progressive. 
the life Pinocchio has lived is almost almost as crazy as L. Ron Hubbard's. Almost. <laughs> Shout out Hubby. Now, he ends up stealing some farmer's grapes, getting caught, and then is forced to guard the chicken coop for the farmer, resulting in him foiling an evil weasel's plan to steal some chickens. And thus, he gets freed again. They just keep letting him go. Wow. He returns to the fairy in the forest who has died of sorrow oh. per her gravestone. Wow, official. Uh, uh, yes, okay. now, I'm not making this up. This is the story. This is really the story. Uh, a pigeon gives Pinocchio a ride to the seashore where he finds Geppetto sailing in a boat. But before getting to Geppetto, because Pinocchio, uh, a child who just learned to swim and who is made of wood, decides to try and swim to him, uh, he uh, sees Geppetto get swallowed by the terrible dogfish. A.K.A. Monstro. Well, that was a whale. Right. Dogfish, dogfish is, is the opposite of a catfish. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's a, okay. a joke. Um, ah. Now, <laughs> Pinocchio chooses to do nothing about this and goes to the island of Busy Bees and works as a slave. Oh, that's... Legitimately, that's... legitimately, yeah. He, now, he stumbles upon the fairy, who isn't dead, uh, but should be because she's old, and she convinces him to invest in himself, go to school, take out school loans in a lifetime of debt, so he can become a real boy. And he agrees. Mm-hmm. Wow. No one's a real boy until they get a college degree. Or have debt. Or have debt. And now Pinocchio does well in school, and the fairy promises to make him a real boy the next day, throwing him a party. That sentence is not meant to be in any window, but it sure as hell comes off as one. He meets his friend Candlewick, also a real name, and they decide to go to Toyland for five months. Not sure what five months and the specific nature of that time right. really means, but... There's a time frame here. Okay. Yes. Um, and they end up working for the coachman. Candlewick and Pinocchio then develop donkey ears because they have jackass fever due to not studying. So in the Disney movie, we're not even halfway through. I'm not. We're getting there. Wow. Pinocchio so then hurts story. himself working for the ringmaster who works for the coachman. And then sell, and the ringmaster chooses to sell him to a man who wants to skin him and make him into a drum. Because at this time skin he's skin wood? No, he's a donkey now. Oh, yeah. Remember, yeah. So uh, the man throws, the man who purchased Pinocchio the donkey, who is not a donkey, but really a boy made of wood, who's not a real boy, but actually just a plank of wood who has the ability right. to feel okay. um, and move anatomically and be self-aware, Swim. I think. Uh, is, is he self-aware? We haven't established that yet. Mm. Um, but Pinocchio, this boy, boy, wood, man, donkey, hybrid slave, is bought by this man. And the man in an attempt to try and make him into uh, skin for uh, a, a drum, throws him into the ocean to drown him. But instead, Pinocchio comes back as a marionette, as a puppet. Oh. Making Pinocchio a puppet once again. Okay. Are you keeping up with me? No. I mean... I'm not keeping up with me, so uh, it's okay. That makes three There's of us. a lot that's going on in the short life of a puppet. Puppet. Yes. Puppet. Is he a puppet, though? Now, uh, Pinocchio swims out to sea and is eaten by the very same dogfish that eats that 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 eaten <laughs> Geppetto. So he's reconnected with daddy. He finds his daddy in the stomach of the dogfish inside. And obviously, Geppetto's had to exist at that time inside the dogfish, and he's made a very successful career as a day trader. Uh, they escape the dogfish with the help of a uh, were tuna, a self-aware tuna. And Pinocchio ends up giving the tuna a kiss and thanks. And then Pinocchio and Geppetto leave to find a place to stay. They come across the cat and the fox. A three-legged cat. Three-legged cat. 
and that dirty, rotten fox, who are now impoverished and living as TikTokers in Los Angeles. The cat and the fox plead for money, but Pinocchio says no, and that their misfortunes have served them right for their wickedness, because Pinocchio is a real one. Mm, Such a good guy. He is. He can say that. He has a pedestal that he has developed Mm -hmm. from being so good that he can now talk down to the fox and the cat over. Right. Now, Geppetto and Pinocchio then arrive at the talking cricket's home. The ghost cricket, who's a doctor. Doctor. Yeah. It's a mini home. Got it. Uh, which they then agree to live with him. How would they live in a cricket's home? This cricket has 2,000 square feet. He's a doctor. Very well off. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Pinocchio ends up working for pharma farmer Giangio. <laughs> for big pharma. Big pharma. He starts working for <laughs> Pfizer. Yeah. And uh, recognizes the farmer's dying donkey as his friend Candlewick. Oh, Candlewick never got saved. Never got saved. After long months of working for the farmer and supporting the ailing ailing Geppetto, because he's old AF now, Pinocchio goes to town with the 40 pennies he has saved to buy himself a new suit. 40 pennies? 40 pennies. Inflation's wild. He discovers that the fairy is ill and is in need of money. That night, he dreams that he is visited by the fairy who kisses him. This is a child. When he wakes up, he is a real boy. Oh, I'm sure he is. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he is. Still has some old, oh, I'm not older, gonna say it. older fairy. So this is a coming of age tale. I bet it is. Mm-hmm. Puberty. Yeah. He still had. I bet he did. The, His nose got longer and longer. <laughs> <laughs> now the former puppet body lies lifeless on a chair. So there's a puppet so body. He like so he like disembodied. Yeah, he disembodied. Oh, himself. like a snake. Yeah, uh, he is a snake. P- Pinocchio is a snake. That's no, no, right. the narrative of the story. Yeah. It's the message of the story. Fortunately, Pinocchio finds that the fairy has left him a new suit, boots, and a bag, in which he thinks are the 40 pennies that he originally gave to her. It's never validated, so that bag could also include methamphetamines. Instead, the boy is shocked to find 40 freshly minted gold coins. So I lied, and you believe me. Ha ha ha. Geppetto also returns to health. And that's the end. What's the moral of this story? A fairy will come and give you everything you wanted and as long turn as you into a real man one an day. An innocent little boy who asks nicely. No matter how some beautiful bad woman will you come are. to you in your dreams and fix all your problems. No matter how horrible you were your dad from dying. Yes. That's the moral of the story, folks. Yeah, that's not quite how the movie went. But I don't remember being too fond of Pin- Pinocchio Disney-wise either. I so. don't even remember. It wasn't my favorite movie. I, as a kid, enjoyed that movie because it was so crazy. It was. Yeah. Like a Pleasure it, Island is what you were talking about, by yeah, the way. Yeah, not that's, Neverland. <laughs> yeah, that's Peter Pan. Is yeah. there is there but, a difference? No. Mm. Mm. Well, Pleasure Island, they have like cigars, right? And no one ever ages. What do they do all that time? Oh, I don't remember. It's been yeah, no a long knows. time. No one knows. Never well, that was a lot, though, because I don't I don't know what the plot was, really. I don't either. Crackhead I tried energy. To, I tried to follow yeah. along, but all that tells me is any writer just can just basically write, throw up on a page and got the right marketing team and Grimm's fairy tales is on your side. Well, so Grimm's wasn't. Anything. This isn't a Grimm story. No, I know, but I'm just saying like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep just, the marketing up. If you have Disney on your side, you can do anything. Right. Well, that was, yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. So I'm still stuck on the very, very beginning where the one guy just gave him a piece of wood that was yelling out when he was carving into it. Yeah. Why did Geppetto not care? What's what's the origin story of this wood? 
No one knows. Where did they come from? Maybe. What forest was this tree from? Why Maybe did an they actual get hard? person. That is the question. <laughs> what did you just say? Why did it get hard? No one knows. No one knows. What powers caused his nose to grow? Well, right. And like <laughs> this was a piece of wood to make a, a table leg. Mm. How large is this piece of wood to make a whole boy out of it? Maybe he was a miniature. He's like he's he like was, as big as that. I mean, well, he did well, know, but if if it's like a tiny, like you need limbs. Well, and he need... rode a bird to the ocean. Oh my gosh! So how big could he be? He wasn't that big. <laughs> yeah, like Barbie sized. Maybe? I don't know. That's very. But like I mean, a, he a could live. He could live in a cricket's house. Well, so could Geppetto, though. Oh, my Maybe brain Geppetto was just hurts. a very small person. This was, like, so chaotic. Yeah, so this was meant to be a spoopy season episode, and it's just more of just a disturbing episode. Oh, my yeah. gosh, I'm just, I'm spooked out. I'm, I'm, I'm very disturbed by this man's writings. Yeah. It, like, I'm just confused. Did you think he had brandy while he was writing this? I thought you were going to say think... brain damage. I said uh, yes. Maybe. Yes, he did. Brandy. brandy. I don't know. I think something brain a little damage. more stronger than brandy. Like brain damage just jet fuel alcohol yeah, yeah no that was that was a lot that was a lot but at least he got his 40 fresh mint freshly minted gold coins gold coins, gold coins. So that's and by today's ending. standard that is uh, a dollar like, no that 40 gold coins is like 90 grand dang you know what i do appreciate a happy ending though so that's nice is it a happy ending oh his his geppetto's he was made health. into a real boy by cricket. a woman yeah, it's a happy ending. He's a boy. But he yeah. still had some wood. He's going to have to grow up at some point. I don't think he will. Kevin Spacey would agree with your analysis. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, that kind of wraps it up. This part, we're going to have a part two. Uh, we're going to talk about a few different other ones. A few different other ones. A few different other stories. Uh, and maybe I'll have a face reveal. Well, you know what? I'm not sure how long it recorded. So we'll see. It could have yeah. just turned off. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> the funs and joys of recording. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think the best possible thing that we can do is probably stop and start the next episode. We're going to record immediately afterwards. For a part two. Part two. We're going to probably talk about Beauty and the Beast, probably Little Mermaid, um, and there's a few other ones. But while you wait for that next episode, I highly recommend Bell on, is it HBO. I think you just get on Apple TV or you could just get it on Apple TV. It is an anime. So if you're like, what anime do not be disturbed. It's actually fantastic. And the what music anime? is great. What anime? What anime? Well, some people are just like, I would never watch anime. Well, this is a fantastic movie and I highly recommend it. And the voice of the main character, Belle, is it Belle? That's her name, right? In the movie the, the character I mean, that she creates is bell but the main character's name is right Belle. okay well regardless you'll know it when you hear it okay yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic well that wraps up our episode hopefully this gave you some insight and some entertainment in relation to Grimm's fairy tales and other fairy tales that are also grim but not necessarily produced or you know collected sponsored. by Grimm, sponsored <laughs> by Grimm's uh, ink um yeah i mean it's definitely a very interesting topic there's a lot of very strange moral quandaries with these stories yeah um also makes me wonder if it's just a cultural thing of going back hundreds of years 
and what was deemed as like normal. Yeah, children were working and well, not even normal. Boys I just were getting mean, like what turned was, into real boys. What was more commonly seven? talked about in just commonplace areas among people, and what's now uh, taboo? We traded young girls for cattle. Yes. Yeah, that's what you can remember. Uh, but yeah, on that note, that wraps this wraps up this episode. Keep an eye out for part two. Uh, we will most likely be releasing this episode a week of Halloween or maybe weekend prior and then episode two on, on Halloween. So yeah, uh, if you like what you hear, if you like what you saw, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram and a subscription on YouTube. We come up with new episodes every week. And if you're asking yourself why, it's because we have some great things to talk about. Join the club. It's a good time. It's fun and dandy. Five-star review on Spotify and any major listening platform would also be greatly appreciated. But yeah, we'll go ahead and see you next time. Don't forget to comment that you love the sloth and that she should be on next episodes. I mean, you have to be. We have a part two. More episodes? Okay. Well, on that note, (laughs) we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wolf and Bull podcast with your host, the Wolf and Bull. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all of the latest from the Wolf and Bull, you can tune in via our weekly episodes available on nearly every major listening platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Wolf and Bull. You can follow us on YouTube at the Wolf and Bull podcast and at our website, thewolfandbull.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.